You can't steal second with your foot on first. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Picnic Table Society. You guys are laughing already. <laughs> I'm laughing because we got Jeff W. as a guest today, and uh, he's never listened to the podcast yet, which he promised to, and he just heard our intro, intro with Grateful Mike, and he's Over there cracking up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looking like a kid on Christmas morning. Yeah. That's right. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joe. We got Aaron and Jeff, and we got another Jeff here, two Jeffs. Yep. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Man, I'm blessed today. Um, I got to watch a friend pick up three years sober last night. Cool. Complete blessing. How you doing, Jeff? Well, as usual, I'm great because I went to a 7 a.m. meeting unlike everybody in this room. Whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm an early riser. So, oh, really? Uh, I've been in the book this morning, and uh, mm. I talked to a lot of... Uh, recovering alcoholics every morning so it kind of gets my day started oh you've been up and moving for a little while At three o'clock Ooh, three that's o'clock boy that's a lot of coffee you drink coffee <laughs> oh yes yikes you know java club has the best coffee around right absolutely <laughs> not yet not yet <laughs> you got, no we got we got roast 62 coming yeah, yeah, we got yeah. roast 62 coming more about We're that on another, more more about that on another episode it's in the works yeah. so all right so um Aaron, what are we talking about? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. So this morning, we've got Jeff W. with us, who I have always known him as Big Dog. Um, you know, I met him when I first came in the rooms as a newcomer. And, you know, if you, for, for our listeners who don't know me, I stand about five, two and a half. And the half is very important. So. The hat, you have to put the half <laughs> yeah, the in there. The half is very with important. sneakers on, with sneakers. So <laughs> does your driver's license say five, two, and a half? Look, that was a whole argument at the DMV. I'm sure it was. <laughs> What's but, up, um, shorty? Hey, watch the S word. <laughs> but, um, you know, I met him, and this guy, I mean, I don't even know how tall he is. He, he seems like eight feet tall to me. And one day I said, what's up, big dog? And he said, what's up, little dog? And so that's how we we talk to each other now. And so I know him as big dog, but, um, you know, I really admire him. Uh, he's always spitting some wisdom to me, especially when I was living above San Marco Club. You know, he, he'd come in 30, 40 minutes before the meeting and just sit down and talk to people. And, you know, I was one of those people that got to talk to him. And he has a hell of a story, you know, um, he actually lived at San Marco, above San Marco, for a period of time right after he got out of prison. And, you know, coming in, right, <laughs> coming in the rooms, I personally have never been to prison. My longest stint was 10 days in jail, and that was too much. But um, I really admire his story, and, you know, I really want to hear some more about it and how it was transitioning out from the prison into the normal world, you know, especially trying not to drink or use. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, oh, thank you, Aaron. Uh, I tell you, for, for a, a number of years, I was in and out of prison, and, uh, and it was never hard for me to uh, adapt because I wasn't trying. I mean, I knew every time I got out, I was going to go back. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I had I can, a, I can relate. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, you guys can, are going to relate a lot this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the thing, thing is, is uh, I went about this recovery thing in and out and in and out and jumping in and out in uh, prisons and all this stuff around the uh, southeast. And, uh, you know, in 2011, I, uh, I hit what I would call a sufficient bottom enough for, uh, for me to be able to gain a relationship with a God as I understand him. And, uh, you know, I went back to prison uh, 
uh, out in the panhandle, and that's just a short stay, enough for me to rest up and try to be able to get a little bit of weight on me or something in uh, uh, 11 months, 13 months to be exact. And, uh, you know, I came out, and I, I knew I had had, a, I had had a spiritual experience already. I had uh, gotten to that point to where I had gotten on my knees and actually meant what I said when I prayed. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was a somewhat of a change inside of me and I felt it immediately. And so I'd done my time and I came out with zero. I had no idea how I was going to stay sober or how I was going to even live or be able to produce somewhere to live or a job or any of yeah, this Yeah, because I'm stuff. sure you lost it all. I mean, yeah, well, I never had nothing. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> nothing to lose. I used to talk to people in prison. They'd talk about everything they lost and they'd look at me and I'm like, shit, I ain't never lost nothing. I ain't never had nothing. Jeff, let me ask you something real quick here. Um, you're coming up on 11 years? Yes. On 11 years. Did you get sober behind bars or when you left prison? No, I got sober behind bars. Behind bars. Oh, and absolutely. what's your sobriety date? It's March 23rd, 2011. That's the day I got locked up. Right. Oh, wow. And okay. I, I spiritual had experience. I had the spiritual experience inside. And I had been locked up many times before. Mm-hmm. I've done 11 year sentence one time. Uh, Total 11 years, and uh, from that point on, before and after, you know, a year here, a year there. Well, do you know what clicked that day when you got in there? What happened? Yeah, all, all I can tell you is, is it was a feeling. It was almost mm. like a euphoric high, just in my life flashed before me. You were just done. I was done. Yeah. A bottom line. Yep. I Bill, was done. Bill talks about that in our literature, and, uh, too. How I, I'll that. tell you what triggered it. Because uh, I had been locked up like a week or two, maybe. I don't know exact dates, but... Uh, there was a guy, a little young guy, walked by my cell and said, Hey, Pop, are you going to eat that honey bun? And I said, Would you call me? And I said some other things, and I won't yeah, repeat yeah. that. But, uh, <laughs> and, but it, it, it dawned on me that I was doing that. 30 years previous when I would go to jail, I would yep. call the wow. old man Pops. You were, you were now the old head. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and it flashed yeah. in my mind, and all of a sudden I had this spiritual experience, man, and it flashed before my eyes that, man, dude, your life is crap because of you. Hmm. And I was like, that was hard. And it wasn't hard to eat anymore. All the stuff that had gone on in my life. So I seen that, and I, I had been around some programs most of my life, in and out of recovery, and uh so I had been, I had read a lot of literature. I had actually been raised in church. I had read a lot in the Bible, and uh, I just started praying, man, every day. And that's all I done while I was in there. They sent me to a place that didn't have. Uh, they had their own kind of little program going that I didn't really agree with. So you know, I kind of kept my own thing between me and God, and 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 it allowed me time. Them, them thirteen months allowed me time to grow close to God as I know Him. And to uh, and to be able to have enough strength and enough courage to come out here and face life, knowing that I didn't know how to live, and so I came out and I got involved in a program downtown in uh, Springfield area mm-hmm. of Jacksonville, and uh, and uh, I got a sponsor, uh, got somebody to help me with this, with some things, going through some steps and whatnot, and uh, it was tough on me. And I didn't I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to manage money. I never had anything. I'd never been nothing but a general laborer. Because I couldn't ever stay out of jail, right? And uh, I just trust. And this is what he said to me: If you'll just trust me with your life, I promise you that I won't send you to jail, I won't kill you, and you won't go hungry, and you'll always have a bed to live in if you'll just listen to me. And I began to listen to him. Powerful. 
And whatever he would tell me, I would do. And I'd call him some days, messed up in the head. And it wouldn't even be nothing wrong. It'd be in my head. Because I'm so used to chaos and so used to creating my own drama. And uh, I, I had such an inferior complex of dealing with other people. I didn't know how to have no relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And, and he taught me a lot of that. Along with my prayer and meditation, things that I was doing every day on a daily basis. And so I would just begin to take baby steps. And I began to walk. And this job popped up, and it would leave, and another one would pop up. And and uh, so I got on through to about my second year in sobriety out here, and uh, God laid a business in my lap that I I knew nothing about. I mean, absolutely nothing. I, I landed a, at a place over in San Marco, and, uh, you know, I painted the building, and uh, I didn't know how to paint. I learned how to paint on that building. And somebody else let me paint their house. And I rode the bus. I didn't get a vehicle for my first two years out. I hadn't had a vehicle in 18 years. And uh, it's just one step after another. I just kept trusting what people were telling me to do. And failing. Don't, hey, I, wasn't no, I ain't no choir boy. <laughs> I was getting into some stuff, you know. But it was a, it, that's a true miracle and a true like white light experience there. And, and um, I've heard you speak and share your story multiple times. And I absolutely love when you what you do. And I love when you share about like you just did as far as there was men there to help you. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I know Jeff does around here is Jeff is always around these AA clubhouses. And he's always asking if anybody who's brand new will come to work with him for a day. He gives back to try and help the men in, in the program, even yep. the woman you've had working for you. Yep. And I think it's just a great, you know, you got to give it away to keep it. Somebody gave it to Jeff. They're keeping it. Jeff's giving it to someone else. Hopefully they'll keep it. Absolutely. Unfortunately, not all of us do. But I do want to revisit one thing you did say. Okay. Now, when Jeff comes to a meeting here, we have a snack bar. He always comes up and gets a honey bun. Does that have anything to do with that honey bun story <laughs> you're talking about? Absolutely. I, ha- I have one. Do it. I-, I try to get one a day. Oh. Uh, Sometimes I get two or three, and it, that doesn't go well. I want to let everybody know that I'm still uh, uh, an alcoholic and addict. I, I still get addicted to stuff, and I, I abuse that. <laughs> so Aaron calls you big dog. It's okay if I start calling you honey bun? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I ain't got no complexes. I'm going to call Joe big dog for now. <laughs> no, hey, no, big no, dog. No, no, no. <laughs> You want to go fishing? Hey, no, that's yeah, right. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> hey, no, that's uh, that's that's pretty awesome though. You know, I I was never able to stay sober. You know, coming fresh out of jail or prison, I just I always went right back to you know the the intention in my mind was always never to go back to uh, you know, doing the same things and shooting dope and all that kind of stuff. But I always just went right back to it anyway. Oh, yeah. And I think for me, one of the one of the hardest things to deal with. Um, especially, you know, just coming fresh out of fresh out of some kind of institution like that is the lifestyle, man. You know that, that I think that's what did it for me. It's like just the 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 way I behaved, the way I viewed the world, the way I you know just thought about things. For me, that was probably like the biggest um, hurdle that I had. To, you know, besides getting sober and stuff like that. When I did sober, you know, a lot of the same things that you were talking about, just you know, trusting in the process. You know. Just, you know, not knowing for, you know, whatever I had going on wasn't working anymore and then trusting in that process and, and, and talking to other guys and just doing what they did and, and, and little by little, you know, same thing. Like I didn't had I didn't had a car in God knows how long, a driver's license, a yeah. job, you know, how to budget a paycheck, all that normal stuff that people do. I didn't know how to do any of that kind of stuff. 
and I had to learn that stuff around here. But um, like I said, for me, it was like one of the big hurdles was just that that behavior, man. You know, normal people like the world does not operate with you know me standing at the grocery store and someone kind of bumps into me and doesn't say excuse me. I mean, you you know what I'm talking about that prison mentality, <laughs> yeah. and then you oh, yeah. but you bow up on them like you know what I mean. And it's like like they get freaked out. Yeah, like because the, the normal people just don't act like that. You know, you're walking down the street, someone you know sneezes and doesn't cover their mouth and doesn't look the other way and say like, you take that shit kind of personally coming out of an environment like that. You know, I remember um, it was funny. I remember uh, you know when I first got sober and I was in um, that uh, that that rehab or whatever that my mom sent me to down in St. Oh, Augustine. Yeah. He, at Jeff, he got sober pretty much starting out at some kind of like religious rehab. Oh yeah, I mean, they, last, dro- they dropped well, his hey, ass off at a gas station. It I was didn't only work out. listen. I was only there for three days. Okay, it wasn't. Yeah, but, but no. The funny thing is, I remember I remember being there and like we were, you know, everybody has to sit down at this big table and eat together, you know. And this one dude reached over my plate to go grab some. Uh, dude, I, f- I flipped out on the guy. And everybody's sitting there, and they kind of look back, and they're like, yo, what's wrong with this guy? You know what I mean? And that's that, pr- that is that prison mentality. And I just, you know, I, I had to slowly, slowly, <laughs> but surely realize that the real world does not operate that way. Well, and it was, really, it was really tough for me. From the classic uh, movie with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence life, you going to eat that cornbread? Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's so, you know, maybe you could talk yeah. a little bit about that. Just well, that, I'm going to tell you, you know. I went to a treatment center in two, uh, 1997. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my stints that somebody made me go. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I ended up on this 350-acre farm down in Jefferson, Georgia. And uh, called the Potter's House. Oh boy! And, uh, oh, this so, this sounds great. So, <laughs> so I lasted about thirty days. But what happened was, is I dug in and I started. Uh, they started making us memorize stuff and uh, out out of a big book mm-hmm. and out of a, a, a Bible. And uh, so I'm doing pretty good. And and I met this guy from Atlanta. Uh, uh, he's a really cool dude. And we we would walk a big old huge field and talk. And, but we both worked in the kitchen. You know, we get up three thirty every morning. Yeah. in the kitchen. Well, he wasn't doing well one morning, and I wasn't doing well one morning. And he grabbed a broom up and and said some stuff and called me a cracker. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed the butcher knife and chased him to the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yep. uh, what they said was, "Is we don't think you fit here, Jeff. And, <laughs> don't bring a broom to a butcher knife." You got, fight. You That's got, funny. You know, That's and, funny. And once again, the guy said. You know, you still got that prison mentality. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to kill him. You know? Yep. And I was like, you know, afterwards, we were good. Because he had grew up in prison, and I had, you know, uh, they were putting us both on the van to take us back to Athens to put us on the bus. And we're like this. He helped tote my stuff to the Salvation Army. Well, You know what I mean? After I chased him with a butcher knife. It's normal behavior yeah. for us. Normal. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I, what I I love listening to both of y'all share about you know when you guys were in prison. And it just tells me how how powerful our disease is because we don't want to keep going back to prison. Uh-uh. We don't. But there was nothing there that we could do except support our habit of drinking and drugging, and we always wound up back in prison. Now, for me, man, it was the longest 
probably 28 hours of my life. <laughs> you know, when I heard them saying $20 for a Newport, I was not going back. You know what I mean? And one bologna piece on one on an old piece of white bread was not for me, you know, but I got lucky. But man, what a, what a miracle it is that we, you guys able to not have to live that life no more because of the 12 steps of our program. Well, one of the miracles of the thing when I, when I went to jail the last time and I had that spiritual experience is one, one of the things that happened to me that gave me some courage was I didn't say anything to anybody and the guys that I had already been walking the lap with mm-hmm. and, and determining how we we're going to run Jacksonville mm-hmm. uh, immediately noticed a change in my demeanor and I didn't know it. And it, and it gave me proof that something had happened to me. And I, I wasn't that familiar with it because it had never happened to me before, you know. And But they kept saying, hey, something different about you. And I said, what, man? You know, I'd look in the mirror to see it. <laughs> and just, you're acting different, man. Mm. A good, a good different. And now, I just began to change, you know. Now, the thing that I really related to was, you know, when I got here, you know, I still had my license. I still had a lot of things. Um, but how I felt inside there was a lot missing. And I I heard you and Joe share about that, you know, that you guys had nothing. And now you're sober and you're on the streets. And what I hear is that you took it one bite at a time, you know, and and we fought, we follow our predecessors and take suggestions. And it's like, you know, I believe maybe six months, maybe even a year after I got sober, I remember looking back and it's like, wow, wow. That hole that I was in six months, a year ago, like it felt like I could never get out. There was too many things that need to be fixed. And that's what kept me from getting sober for a really long time. It's like there's no way I can fix everything. It's just all too much. I'm too far gone. You know, but one one bite at a time, one step at a time, one suggestion at a time, like it all it all got worked out. And then I look back and it's like, oh, that wasn't really that hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what I, what I hear here is... um. You know, it's never too late for somebody to get clean and sober. Right. It's never no, too late. It's let's, not. let's think about where Jeff came from. He he winds up for the very last time going up into prison and having that kind of white light experience. And he gets out and he starts living pretty much above another clubhouse. And he has no car. He has no job. He doesn't have anything. And then he starts coming back one day at a time. Why, maybe you could tell us what you're doing today. You're coming up on year 11. I believe you have your own business. I mean, tell us how people could contact you if they want to, you know, for you to come out and help them. or What's going on in your life oh, today? Oh, yeah. If you want to contact me, take my number down. It's 904-551-8942. Uh, give me a call no matter what you want. If you want help, uh, if you just want to talk, or if you need some painting services or or uh, any other services. I'm, I'm jack of all trades. If I don't know how to do it, I know somebody that does. <laughs> and uh, I, I'll tell you, this is what I do today. And it, Aaron said it. I get up in the mornings. I got a ritual. I get up and I At pray. At 3 o'clock. Three, three, <laughs> 3 to 5 o'clock, I, I'm up. And uh, I pray and I do some readings and uh, I start my day off and I try to make a list either mentally or sometimes if it's a lot, I write it down. Uh, it's one bite at a time in my business or if I've got commitments in, 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 in certain areas of uh, town that I need to fulfill, I, I write it down and I just take one at a time. And, you know, a lot of times, I, I mean, I'm human. I get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with a day's task. Yes, sir. And I got people that I call. I got men in my life that I touch bases with every single day of my life. And and sometimes I have to stop in the middle of the day and call them and say, man, you know, damn, this is too much. And and I, I need somebody to tell me, no, Jeff, it's not. Hold up. Let's see mm-hmm. what we got here. Won't we do this? 
And I'm like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> you know Amazing. what I mean? A light goes Amazing. off. And, 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 and there it is. And so I just try to do it one day at a time. And, right. and they are occasions. Uh, not as much anymore because I'm growing, but there are occasions that things I get into that two or three thing day thing ahead, and I get messed I get messed up. Sure. I get discombobulated. I get off track. The world's wrong. I come I, I, I come around here or around other places, uh, do a meeting or whatever, and, and, and everybody's wrong. And and then I get people in my life who say, even my family know me now because mm-hmm. I've been restored to my family after 18 years. And uh, they'll even say, oh, you you need to call somebody, Jeff. You you don't seem right. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. And, and you I know what? It. That's my sign. <laughs> That's my sign that, okay, I'm getting out of whack. I need to call somebody and get right. Yeah, you I know get know that from I mean? my fiance a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're we're about out of time, Jeff. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I said, talk, you know, hearing you talk about that just makes me it makes me really grateful that when I when I got here and, and I used to hang out at the picnic tables in front of the uh, the Java Club in Jacksonville that there was a group of guys there that, you know, I really got plugged in with and they got to know me and they really got to teach me, you know, how to behave like a normal human being in the world, you know? And uh, I can definitely hear that you got you had the same kind of experience, man, just, you know? And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really grateful for it. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming on here. And you, got, you guys want to say something real quick? Yeah, um, you know, I'll end with this, that if I ever, ever wind up going to prison, there's no other two guys I would like to spend time with other than Honey Bun over there and Big Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take him anywhere. No, no, you really can't. You really can't. I'm going to send him a box for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Aaron? Aaron? I'm good, good? man. Good. I, I love you, Big Dog. You're such an inspiration. Thank you. I love y'all, man. Awesome, Thank awesome. Well, we here, really Jeff. appreciate it. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. All right, take care.